Welcome to the Yanagita Podcast Show, episode 24. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm with special guests. We got Asia, aka Panda. And we got Penny Thomas, who's a multiple time Jiu Jitsu ADCC world champion. And thank you for coming on. And before we get into it, I, I just want to say, Penny, just one more time that I have so much respect for who you are and what you have done for the world of Jiu Jitsu. And, and you know, I'm, a, I'm personally have been a big fan since, uh, I, gosh, I remember. Yeah, when I first started. So how did you get started in all of this, Penny? How did you get started? I'm like, well, thanks for having me, firstly. Um, yeah, uh, it was about, I was 20 years old, um, maybe 21, actually. I was living in the UK at the time. Um, and my my family in South Africa, my dad got sick and my family was like, come, come back home for a little bit. My dad was really not well Um so I decided to go back to South Africa after after being in the UK. And I don't know if you're familiar with any of the stories about South Africa, but it is, um, you know, a violent ridden country. Um, I had been stabbed in the chest, cars had been stolen. Oh my God. We had incident, like everybody gets affected. There's no ways you can avoid it there. Um, oh. So when I made the decision to move back to South Africa, um, I thought I had to I had to train some kind of self-defense. Um, um, so I had started kickboxing because I didn't know what jiu-jitsu was. It was, I think it was the year 2001 um, in South Africa. So, you know, hardly anybody in the States had kn known about jiu-jitsu. It was way behind the times. Um, but I found a group of guys training at this kickboxing school and they got a, a VHS tape. Um, it was like a Kung Fu group of people and they had a VHS tape of Carlson Gracie. Um, so then they started rolling just like, you know, this guy and his brother and then a few friends and then they got a bit more of a group together. So when I joined them in 2001, they had only been playing around for about a year with this VHS tape and we'd never had any Brazilians or any formal instruction. Um, it was just this group of Kung Fu guys that kind of crossed over and were like, oh, what's this ground game? You know, we've got to, we've got to add this to our repertoire. Um, and, and then that was it, you know, once I, once I started training, um, with them primarily as a self-defense, um, you know, move, then, um, then I just started to really enjoy it, understand it a little more. It was frustrating at first, you know, you just don't know what's going on. There's so many aspects, but once I started to, um, to, to enjoy it, um, and then that was it just, you know, game on everyday training, working a full-time job, training at night, running the school from our garage, going to Brazil every year with our three weeks that we had of leave, going back to the slog for the rest of the year, <laughs> saving up money, saving up leave, going to... So it was like that for, you know, the first 10 years. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy ride and it's been awesome. Oh my gosh, 10 years. That's incredible. And, you know, that just thinking about the origin and how you were saying it was frustrating in the beginning and what, what would you say, like, for a brand new person that's listening to this who's never done jiu-jitsu, uh, maybe some, like, advice for someone maybe on the fence of starting or kind of like your experiences in the beginning? Right. Um, you got to find, you know, find a, a friend that you like to go with. Um, you know, it, it's, it's intimidating going into a jiu-jitsu school. It's very close contact, you know, so that's something that a lot of people have to get over with right away. You know, you're like, in somebody else's space there's no like social distancing in jiu-jitsu so um if you have a friend that you're comfortable with um if you're a girl maybe look up where the girls classes are you know that's maybe one way to get in the door without being overwhelmed at first um 
uh, and then um, just stick with it. You know, it's going to be frustrating at first, um, but that's just because jujitsu works so well. People that have been training it for a little while, um, even if they're skinny and small, you know, can easily subdue a, a bigger opponent. So when I started, I'm quite a, a big girl um, and we have lots of Indians in South Africa. And so one of the, my first training partners was a skinny, skinny little Indian guy. And he had been training, you know, about six months more than I had. And he was just destroying me. So it's like, it's frustrating, but it's like, it proves it works. So you got to kind of stick with it, leave your ego at the door, um, find a fun group of training partners with no ego. Um, and, and the rest will fall into place. You know, it's, it's just, it keeps your mind busy as well. It's not like you're just going into a, a gym and you're lifting up weights 10 times which I do too you know I do, I do my strength and rehab stuff but as far as like my everyday enjoyment for jiu-jitsu I think it's just because it's so challenging mentally as well you're not just counting to 10 you know 100 times and, and lifting up something heavy it's like there's a strategy there's a plan there's like execution there's games while you're playing all these are going on so it's um it's very stimulating you know I would say frustrating at first but if you stick with it um you know, there's nothing more fun, I don't think, than choking somebody out. <laughs> <laughs> I agree about that. Oh, my goodness. So, Penny, how, connect the, uh, help us for the audience, for the dots, where, so you said you're in South Africa, you're going back and forth to Brazil, and then you some point you moved to UK, and then some point you came to Hawaii and San Diego, because I remember there was a time uh, you moved to San Diego, and then right. you were competing, living with... Uh, the ladies at the uh, Gracie Humaita. And right. Then, uh, yeah. So when, when did that transition happen? What year was that? That was, um, I mean, I had met Leticia Ribeiro in Brazil many times. I had gone there every year to compete at the Worlds that used to be in, in Brazil, in Rio. And I had met Leticia there multiple times. Um, and we had, um, we started up a friendship, you know, just by um, training a little bit in Brazil. And um, she couldn't speak much English and I couldn't speak much Portuguese, but um, it was just one of those characters that just, you know, you didn't have to say much. You just, you trained hard, you sweated hard, you smiled, you, you know, we got some food and just kind of grew. And then um, she was living in Brazil at that time and I had moved to Hawaii and it was pretty tough. I had four jobs living here. You know, I had to pay rent. I had to, Every time there was a tournament, pay airfare, car hire, hotel, you know, it wasn't, it's, I was just, I was kind of working, working, working just to stay on top of all my bills and be able to compete. So I didn't feel like I was really getting ahead so much. It was just a kind of a constant struggle. As you know, this is not the cheapest state to live in. Um, and then Leticia called me one day, it was, I think, in 2008, and she said, we're moving to San Diego, come. <laughs> and I was like, go. okay, <laughs> when, when are we going? So then uh, she moved to San Diego with Morango. Um, I, I moved with them. We stayed on the floor in a house. Um, uh, we started training in San Diego. I was there for five years. Um, it was just so much more convenient. You know, the tournaments are every weekend, if you want, um, around this, you know, grappler's quests. At that time, they were pretty common to, to be at least one a month. Um, so it was just so much, much easier for me. There was a bigger support network of people that were training. We had a huge girls team at one stage. Um, it was just a fantastic time. Um, 
so yeah just that that, that was uh, thanks to Leticia um being back in San Diego and training and, and competing and then uh um after five years or so, you know, I was getting nearer to 30 and not competing quite as much. And um, I had still been back to Hawaii to visit, you know, every spare moments I had. So I think in 2013, um, I finally made the move back full time. Um, just knowing and not, you know, wanting to compete full time. I wanted to kind of still train and that, but not, you know, revolve my life around all the tournaments around. So, um, yeah, that was that's how we got to San Diego. Wow. So that's incredible because thinking about just the humility aspect of like what you were saying, you were just sleeping on the floor and just getting after it and competing and training all the time. And, and that, that, so in that 2008 to 2013, you were training all the time and just, wow. It was, that was full with, time. You know, we were training yeah. three times a day. We, we had a strength and conditioning <laughs> coach. He was an amazing guy. He was a Navy SEAL instructor named Steve Nave. Uh, he passed from a heart attack, unfortunately, a few years back. But he was amazing. He had his own, um, his own space at uh, World's Gym in San Diego. He took us as a team under his wing. We trained with him daily. Uh, we did jujitsu daily. We did rehab daily. We had uh, sports medicine guys, uh, rehab, chiropractors, everyone working with the team. Um, and, and we ate together, we slept together, we trained together. We, you know, just when you're on that train and there's a group of people with that same goal, you know, one day one of us is tired, but then you've got like five other people being like, well, if you slack today, we're going to get you tomorrow. So it's, it's just so <laughs> easy, you know, to go with the flow of just being on that program when you have a group of like-minded people, you know, supporting you too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. See, that's incredible. Time. Yeah. And so during that five year uh, tenure, I, I can't remember. I remember, I thought I remember watching different uh, interviews, maybe like eight, yeah, around that time, eight, nine years ago, about with uh, the Budo Jake. And also, I think it was an interview you were talking about kids' class, kids' classes and a women's class. I can't remember if it was at Victory MMA or yeah. something like that. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah, so I just wanted to share, like, what, what are your thoughts on, like, kids' class? And why do you speak so highly about uh, kids' classes and women's only classes? I think it's the, I mean, for, for, getting, a, a, for getting girls through the door, you know, the, the main thing, I think, for most women is that extreme awkward closeness that they have to get over. Um, and maybe sometimes hygiene, too, you know, with, like, the smell of men compared to the smell of women. Or, there's little differences. And I think it's really great I mean, when I was, when I first arrived in America, um, I wanted to train with the girls. Like I didn't want to be, I was by myself. I didn't know anyone in, in the industry here at that time. And I just felt like I wanted, I would be safer in an environment that, you know, so Lekka had a girls gym at that stage. And I went to train there and it was, um, she was just such a rude cow <laughs> to me. <laughs> And I just couldn't, I mean, I was so bummed. I was like, man. And then I ended up, you know, traveling around, you know, a, a while before I found Leticia and ended up settling with, with that team. Um, but um, I just feel like if I had have had like a nice supportive women's group from the beginning, it would have just been a lot easier. You know, I think there's a lot of characters, I guess in every sport, but, um, you know, it's just, I feel a bit of a safer environment and a bit easier of a transition for women to get into the sport if there's a group of women, you know. And for the kids, I mean, you know, the sooner the better, right? You know, jiu-jitsu is 
working on strength, it's working on flexibility, it's working on coordination, it's working on focus and discipline and all those really great attributes that we try to instill in our kids. So, um, you know, if it's not jujitsu, it should be gymnastics, but to get your kid as young as possible, four, five years old, they should already be in classes. And if they come up with that lifestyle of, okay, we do some schoolwork, we do some training, we eat, we, you know, that kind of keeps their day busy rather than, okay, no one's here to get me from school. I'll just hang around with the other kids. They've got nothing to do. And, you know, so it just kind of eliminates a whole lot of issues. Um, so, I mean, I started training gymnastics when I was five and I had a very strict regimen. So I've never had much free time, you know, to kind of goof off and get into trouble. Although if I had, I might have got into a little more. So, you know, there's just, it's, there's no negative aspects to getting your kids in. And, um, you know, they, they just, my, I mean, my daughter, she's four. And, you know, after she's had a good workout and a good sleep the next day, you can tell, you know, it's, um, it, there's, there's so many benefits. It's just, it's criminal for you not to, to get your kid in. And, and, and there's so many jujitsu schools here on Maui, you know, that um, there's no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and you know like i was just i just love that you're talking about all the different attributes that it teaches kids from the discipline and doing stuff and getting the exercise and and i wanted to touch about this about when you're competing too we have a bunch of questions from like our our audience and panda or asia also has some questions as well and one of them was people would ask how did you guys eat when you guys were training um, mornings would be oats, um, wake up and just have a light oat breakfast. And then it's, uh, then the first, the first training we did was jujitsu in the morning. Um, and so you'd burn all that up real quick. And then we'd have a lunch. We'd go either, I mean, <clears throat> the girls that were training with Lichi said we had our own space. So we had our own kitchen and then we'd just take turns cooking. So, you know, whatever salad with a protein or pasta or something really basic, um, you know, then there'd be the strength training or personal training, you know, at, at noon or not at noon. So we train probably from like 10 to 12 jujitsu and then we'd have lunch. And then in the afternoon would be a session of whatever, so swimming or weightlifting or whatever. And then there'd be nighttime training. So that would just be like us going, we wouldn't have to like roll hard at night, but we would go to the class and review techniques and do just some drills and stuff. So it was, and then, you know, um, after dinner would be, after training would be dinner of, barbecue you know brazilians love to barbecue so we'd had a lot of barbecues <laughs> um but it was i mean pretty much we none of us were watching closely our diets except for around tournament time if any of us had to drop some weight it was pretty much eat whatever but it was always good food you know the brazilians don't really have processed as much it's always like beans rice pasta meat salads you know as a general kind of every day that would be on the menu um I don't eat meat, so it was a bit tricky. I would have to just to supplement with some protein powders or maybe have a few more eggs or, um, you know, I, I eat fish, so from time to time and all of that. But, um, yeah, it wasn't pretty, it wasn't like we were focused on diets. Um, obviously, it makes your body perform good. So, yeah, a lot oh, of home man. cooking. A lot of home cooking. I like that you guys take turns in the cooking part. That's really <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> so. And uh, so I'm going to just open up to the questions from our uh, viewers and audience. And one of the first questions that I thought would probably help people if they're listening to this is um, what was that like getting ready for the nerves and the preparation 
to ADCC and all of your your world's preparation? Because I know this pro this person probably talking about like the pressure and the nerves and what your mindset was. The nerves are saying um, I was competing as a gymnast from very young, so I think I was lucky. Uh, more at ease with those nerves going into tournaments you know we always competed uh, from from a young age it was training and then ultimately a competition so it's always been a part of my training I definitely feel those nerves going into it, those little bubbles it, it stops you from being lazy it just gives you a little bit more of an edge um so here and and make sure that those nerves are as much at bay as i can is is just to train as hard as i can to know you know and just being confident enough to know that okay now i'm going into my tournament um and i've done more work than anyone else and i'm more ready than anyone else and i deserve this as much as everyone so i think as long as you prepare yourself properly and you don't you know if you're lazy and you skip trainings and you kind of go and you kind of get then it's like okay you, <laughs> you're gonna you know it might not go my way or whatever but if you if you've really put in all your hours you know you've made sure you've done all your strength training you've done all your drills you've done hours you know, there's nothing more you can do then then you go then you're ready but um you know that those nerves. I think you need you need a little bit of those. And I, I worry if I don't have them, something's up. You know, then I'm not <laughs> then I'm not quite ready. So you just got to harness them. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you might you might throw up. You might go into the bathroom 15 times before your match. But um, just you just get over your first one. Once that first one is done, then the rest of the day is is amazing. You know, you just you, your nerves feel like you can't even talk or anything. But as soon as that as soon as you step out onto the mat, then all of that fades away and you just then you feel then you feel good so just Dang. do the work do the work and you'll do the work <laughs> i like that i like how you're mentioning about you know have that belief of like all the work that you put in the training the time you know you're making it to practices and all that and and it goes into the next questions um asia i know you had some questions for uh penny as well yes um <clears throat> so Given your experience and your um, amazing accomplishments with all your comp competing, um, what would you say was the toughest or more, most exciting match of your career? Um, hmm. The toughest, I would have to say, would be Cyborg. That lady has some man strength. <laughs> she is intimidating to look at you know you think she's gonna punch you in the face if you look the other way <laughs> she's scary it was strong like I was I, I, I won I, I faced her in ADCC in 2009 uh, it was the semi-finals and um, I was so nervous going in with her she was I mean she's got such a reputation um, and I mean, I remember at one point trying to put a triangle on her and then she just lifted me up. Like I was, she was standing up. <laughs> she was like, lifted me up. Like I weighed like 15 kilos. And I was like in this triangle, I kind of was like, oh, do, are they allowed to slam? Should I let this go? Like all these crazy things because she's so strong and crazy, like tough. So um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I beat her. I mean, I won the match, but I'm more like I claim to have survived that match with Cyborg and somehow in the jujitsu, you know, point system, I managed to win. But um, I'd say she was one of she was definitely one of the toughest matches I've ever had. I have a question for Asia. Why Panda? Oh, <laughs> um, it's, it's a nickname that 
Clyde actually kind of bestowed on me. It it's Silent Panda <laughs> because Silent Panda. Uh, according according to him, I guess you know. Um, of course, I have the panda appearance, and then I guess like pandas from the exterior, they don't look like very threatening, and then like. <laughs> You kind of you forget that they're still wild, and <laughs> then you feed them grass, and they rip your head off. Yeah, <laughs> just silent panda. It just it just stuck. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, it was this incredible panda because speaking of ADCC, I I I I think this was one of your matches. I remember watching. It was all nine or something like that. Was it? Was your open class against Gabby? There, yeah, there was. I fought Gabby four times, I think, all in all. Um, and I've beaten her once. She is just a Goliath that it's, I mean, you know, it's all like a jujitsu, you know, it's all about technique and not strength. <laughs> but when you get like a six foot five behemoth <laughs> that weighs 220 kilograms, which is like 200 and something pounds, you know, it's, it is, I mean, it's just, it's not much you can do, you know, <laughs> um, she's, I mean, she's just got the kind of, she kind of head, you know, kind of stops your head, gets on top and it's difficult to move. I didn't fight her in ADCC. I did fight her in the Abu Dhabi Pro, which was a gi tournament. That's like the equivalent gi tournament because um, the ADCC is no gi. Um, so I had faced her there in the finals. Um, <laughs> they actually made a meme of one of the matches. <laughs> it's a Gracie Baja one. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's got like Gabby is like over here and I'm over here and I'm just like, I'm going for this double leg. <laughs> but she, it's just like I'm running into like a, a brick house. You know, I'm just like, I'm going, but it's just like, <laughs> she's just like three times my size. And the meme's like, oh, when size starts to matter. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. So I'm on the meme for like when jujitsu doesn't actually work for small people. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, she's 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 put on she's putting in her time training. Like if you've seen her lately, she is ripped. She's strong. She's got technique. She's been doing jujitsu for many years. She's trained with really good guys. She's put the work into. And then she's got her strength, her size and everything as well. So it just, it's really tough. Like she is, I mean, yeah, she's one of the, she's one of the toughest women out there, I think to date. Oh man, that's incredible. I gotta, I gotta dig up that meme now. <laughs> yeah. Gracie Baja meme. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I know Asia, what, I know you had one or two more questions. What were they again? Uh, yeah, so Given um, your the length of how long you've done jujitsu, um, how long did it take you to get your black belt, and what was receiving your black belt like? Um, I was. Let me think. It was I think eight years um, from the time I started to the time that I got my black belt. But it wasn't you know like I was just doing jujitsu twice or three times a week. I was doing jujitsu every single day. I was going to Brazil to train intensively there for weeks on end um you know it was i was training multiple times daily not just a couple of times a week so i think generally you know it's around 10 or so years but i, I got it a little quicker just because i was on the mat as much um and for me it wasn't like the highlight of 
of, of any career that, that I've, you know, I've, I've done a lot of different sports and that. And, and getting my black belt wasn't like the, I had imagined it would be that moment <laughs> of like one of the best of my life. It didn't work out that way. But I mean, you got to look at it like the belt is two inches, you know. So, you know, if you're doing jujitsu for the belt, it's not the, you know, you're not really doing it for the right reasons. And so I just kind of, I mean, I got it unceremoniously one day in a small class <laughs> from, a, from a teacher that I'd only worked with for a short time. Um, it, it, it's, I guess in South Africa, there was nobody there to give it to me. You know, you have to have a two degree black belt to give you your black belt. So there was just nobody in South Africa at that stage. Um, and I had always imagined like, oh, I'd be on the podium at Worlds, maybe winning brown belt. And then, you know, someone coming up and giving me a black. But um, it was, yeah, it was very unceremonious. It was like five people in a morning class and the, the instructor at that time was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> really? Okay. I mean, I was stoked and all that. You know, I was um, actually not so stoked because I was just about to compete at a tournament that now I put me up in black belt division. I was like, really? You couldn't wait? <laughs> wait till after the competition. Um, you know, but anyway, I'm stoked. And now I get all my, um, my um, you know, promotions from Leticia under, under Gracie Humata. So, you know, I'm very proud of that. Um, but, you know, actually for me, anyway, getting my black belt wasn't like much of a, a, a moment in my life just because it was so unceremonious. But uh, more is just like the, 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 the friendships and the tournaments and the memories that I've made getting there. You know, it wasn't so much like <laughs> a party, like it wasn't like a, a celebration of, of the belt itself. But um, yeah, maybe for, hopefully for you guys, it will be <laughs> like a much happier, you know, event. Um, but, uh, you know, it's two inches of your of your ass. The rest you got to cover. So, you know, I love that quote. Gold <laughs> <laughs> is just two inches that covers. Oh, dang. I, you know, I just love this, Patty. You're so, you're so humble. And like, I, I, like all so many jujitsu people are so humble about things. And it's just like, it's a, such a beautiful thing. And I think that initially attracted me to it uh, in high school, just like uh, as a teenager being bullied, I was like, you know what? I, I got to find something, someone. And so it was actually uh, uh, Coach uh, Keith's wife uh, came up to me one day. Hey, man, you want to try this jujitsu thing? And I was like, what is this? <laughs> and oh, wow. never looked back. And the humility aspect is just so beautiful about it. You know, everyone's just checking themselves. Uh, and it's just so crazy because you wouldn't imagine such nice human beings to be killers like like i'm just like oh my god that's what we would joke about like oh my goodness this is uh and it's beautiful and so i'm just really loving and appreciating um every moment and and so yeah i know before we go into some of our last couple of questions penny i just want to acknowledge you man just for hopping on today getting after it and doing oh, this spreading you know what you're doing and so um yeah with that said panda what, what what else you got you know so much about the competition aspects of jiu-jitsu and you're very involved with the the women of jiu-jitsu what would be your advice for up-and-coming young female competitors um mat time just getting on the mat and being confident um tournaments 
you know, you, so much can happen in a tournament. You know, jiu-jitsu is so subjective as well. You know, if you don't submit your op opponent, you know, there's lots of controversy as to, like, who would, would be the winner. It's like there's, the referees get left in charge of a lot. You know, it's up to their discretion as to whether they award points for certain things, if it's held for long enough, or there's a lot of kind of gray zones. So, um, you know, it, it's it's... I think it's, it's super fun. Like you don't learn anything as well as you do when you, when you lose a competition, you know, like you can train and be on the mats and get submitted a hundred times with the same armbar, and you're like, okay, it just happens, whatever. But if it happens in a tournament, you know, you can re you really kind of forced to analyze what you do in a competition, you know, with like training on the mats, it's like, okay, everyone makes mistakes and all that. You don't really analyze it and break it down. But if you, in the tournament, like you watch the match, <laughs> you review the match, you've got your friends that have been watching, they reviewing. So you, it, it's a definite, like it's a sharp, steep learning curve. If you analyze your jujitsu matches in a tournament, because um, you know, there's just so much to go over and you really learn from those mistakes. It's not like it's just a, a school, like a, a general class where you're, okay, yeah, it was a mistake, whatever. You, you really like, man, I lost that medal because of this one little thing that I did. So you really learn from those mistakes. Um, so if you're up for it, you know, I think it's a great way to, to improve your game a lot quicker than if you were just on the mat as well as learning, um, you know, the, the really hard lessons from your losses in tournaments, it's also a great way to motivate you to train, you know, if you're entered into a competition and then, okay, I'm feeling a little lazy, but oh, wait, I have a tournament in three weeks. So get to the gym, get it done. You know, there's no room for slacking. So I think it's a great way to motivate and it's a great way to learn from, you know, so there's, I think it's just all around like a good environment, you know, the, the, a good experience, you know, um, most of the time, you know, there are some, <laughs> some craziness that happen in tournaments, but that's more like high level or whatever. But the people that are wanting to get in and, and, and experience it for the first time, um, you know, all positives go for it. It's going to help your training. It's going to help your technique. Um, and that's such a fun day. you got all your friends shouting at you and, you know, supporting you. And it's just, you get that team, uh, feeling and um, yeah, go do it, do it, compete. <laughs> Great advice. Oh man, you know, winding down to our last couple questions, and uh, we're just wondering if our audience wants to find you and uh, check you out. Where can they find you, Penny? Um, I think the easiest way is Instagram or Facebook. Um, I've had a couple of websites over the years, um, but they just need constant maintaining and upgrading and all this stuff. So it's just, I kind of fall behind maintaining those because I was doing that myself. Um, whereas, you know, social media is just super easy. So um, it's Penny Thomas on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, uh, if you can message me through there, um, if you have any questions on trainings or, um, you know, coming to Hawaii to train or competition, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good with getting back to, um, to people that message me or reach out so that probably would be the easiest way got it instagram we'll put that in the description <laughs> and so uh penny second to the last question if you could go back at, to your 18 year old self i know you're in south africa what advice would you share with yourself at 18 huh. oh my goodness <laughs> I don't know. So many mistakes I've made, but it's all 
I mean, none of them have been <laughs> so far too, too detrimental. Um, what would I say to my 18 year old self? Hmm. I don't know, maybe just, maybe just to enjoy the moments more. Like I've always had goals where okay, I've got to like put my head down, get through this grind, and then I will be able to enjoy myself once I've reached that stage, you know? Um, so maybe a bit more of like enjoying that process a little more, enjoying the work that I'm doing and appreciating that more than just, you know, head down, get through it, get through it, and then enjoy the, the results at the end. Um, um, I don't know, that's not a very exciting answer, but <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe spend less on fashionable things. <laughs> and more on my food and more I don't know um yeah I don't know listen to your parents more that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> I didn't listen to mine very much that got me into trouble so <laughs> <laughs> love it and so Penny last question um when you hear the phrase fighting sickness with fitness which is our uh, gym model what what comes to mind when you hear fighting sickness with fitness um what comes to mind with fighting sickness with fitness um i mean that's a great motto it is it's it's it, it almost sounds like though that you want to kind of wait till you get to that stage to train you know and and it, it does definitely help like once you're in that bad situation of being ill or being sick I mean, physical training will definitely help you there. Um, but it's before it even happens, you know, before you're even sick, um, you know, training on a daily basis. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you're obviously well aware of all the benefits, but, um, you know, my, my, the reason I went home to South Africa from, from the UK was because my, my dad was really sick and, and that was but primarily poor diet and not exercising enough. You know, so it is very, it's very close to home that, um, and, uh, you know, I'm a huge believer in, in you have to be, you have to eat well, you have to train well, and you have to, your mind has to be, you can't have like one thing only going on. You have to have all aspects that you're working on and, and, you know, your physical body, it's, you know, it's just like any other mechanism, like your car, if you're putting crap in you don't run it well and you know it's, it's not going to perform well so um you know that's a, it's a really good logo to have um it just yeah it's i mean you can you can heal your body heals itself that's what it's designed to do but you've got to you've got to treat it well you know you've got to fuel it you've got to train it um so yeah i think that's a, a really good uh, really good logo to have motivating Dang. penny you know i want to just I just want to thank you so much for, you know, coming on the podcast, Asia. Thanks for hopping on the podcast. And thanks for you know, calling. Penny, sorry, I didn't have it in my phone. I, <laughs> sorry for the half an hour delay. <laughs> no, thank you for hopping on. And was there anything else that you want to share to our audience listening or watching this on the online somewhere? Um, I mean, jujitsu now is so widespread with the popularity of MMA and the UFC and that. Uh, it's not going to be hard to find a gym around that um, that, that offers jujitsu. And although it might seem a little weird to watch as an outsider, um, I think my advice would just be give it a try. You know, 
take your kids in, let them try it. You try a class. Um, you'll be you'll be so pleasantly surprised, as you say, that the number of people that are so humble and really awesome in the sport is is incredible. Um, so just give it a try. Give it a try. All right. Well, thank you guys all for listening and watching the show. And until next time, let's stay healthy and keep on fighting sickness with fitness. Thanks for having me.